Welcome to the Intelligent Investing Podcast, where modern portfolio theory can suck it. A student of the school of Graham and Doddsville and a clergy member of the Church of Warren Buffett, here's your host, Eric Schlein. Hi, this is Eric Schlein. You're listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast. And today we have back on Jason Rivera. Jason, welcome back to the show. Eric, thanks. I want to talk about one of the, I know we were talking a little bit before the show, and you had mentioned you were a shareholder in a BE Semiconductor Industries, NV, ticker BESIY. Um, I had frankly actually never heard of this company uh, before. Um, and it's not super tiny. I mean, it's a $7 billion market cap business. So how did you find this company? It is traded over OTC. Um, I assume they, they're in the semiconductor business, but what, what exactly do they do in, in the semiconductor industry? Yes. So I love this company. I've owned this company since about 2014 in the portfolios I manage. When I found them, they were a $640 million company. So they're more than what, 10, 12 X um, since I bought them. When I found them, they were a picks and shovels play in the semiconductor industry. They do, they build testing kits. They build plastic casings for the actual semiconductor pieces. Um, so they're a necessary business for the semiconductor industry um, and a semiconductor industry that's going to continue rapidly growing because of the, uh, the internet of things and 5G and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And how did you, how did you find the company? <laughs> That is a very good question. I found the company by going one by one through the OTC markets database. There's something like 20, 25,000 companies on there. I got rid of companies in industries that I wouldn't invest in, in countries I wouldn't invest in, that I went one by one by one through the remaining, I think it was like 6,000 companies on that list that remained. And they were fantastic when I found them. Um, I actually wrote an article about them for a my own investment newsletter that is now defunct, <laughs> then I called them the next GE um, in that article. Wait, is that the, you know what? Didn't we do a podcast on them? I don't remember. Because we, we did in a pod, it was one of like, it might've been the second or third episode ever on the show. And we, and it was the title of the episode was called the next GE. Must've been, that was, I don't remember, honestly. <laughs> hold on, hold on a second. Hold on. So this aired on February 27th, uh, 2018. Uh, this was episode 17. Um, Eric Schlein goes through an investment case study. Jason Rivera recommended to his subscribers and for the portfolio manages about a small and obscure company that has almost tripled since 2015. We, uh, When he recommended them, he titled the issue The Next GE in his interview. We go over why he thought that. You have a better memory. And then, than I, and then I sent it, and then I. Okay, yeah. So, well, the OTC market link doesn't work anymore. But, um, and the next year pays you a ten percent dividend, while we earn another thirty-four and a half percent in the next year. Is that from Press On Research? Yes, that was my now defunct. <laughs> News Today's pick is a $640 million company, and it could turn in the next year in time better than Chipmos. And it, what is this great company? VE Semiconductor Industries. I, you have a much better memory than I do. 
because I did not remember that. <laughs> well, so this is our update from episode 17. <laughs> <laughs> so what's so tell us what's been happening since literally one of the first episodes. You, it, we, I, when I did my initial recordings of like 10 episodes, I think you were one of the episodes, even though it ended up being 17. I, I remember that. I don't remember what we talked about, though. Yeah, but yes. I I, so the update is mm-hmm. they continued skyrocketing their margins actually they were they were very good then um when i found them their margins were their operating margins were nine uh seven to 19 percent they had a big jump from 2013 to 2014 the margin in the trailing 12 month period is operating margin is 40.5 percent um the reason i called them the next ge back in 20, I think it was 2014, when I wrote the article originally was because they had specifically, they said the Jack Welch quote, we're either going to be first or second in our industry, or we're going to get rid of the business. They are achieving that, um, apparently, because not only are they fulfilling that plan, but they're fulfilling on that plan because they are continuing to work on the other reason I call them next is they're working on building out efficiencies in their entire business line and increasing profits. And they've continued increasing. Um, for example, I look for anything above 10% on a consistent basis for operating profit margin, mm-hmm. that 40 and a half percent, which is just absurd. <laughs> That's an absurdly good operating profit margin. Yeah. And how would you value the business in terms of what you think they're worth? Right now, today, I would value the business at, let me go up. Um, where's there two? two who I can tell right now they're going to be overvalued. <laughs> um, without their cash, without their debt, about $1.9 billion. Okay. So they are enormously overvalued um, right now compared to when I found them, where they were enormously undervalued. So do you believe that a, a forward rate of return over the next 10 years is going to not be good? I would say, based on that valuation, that it's a fair concern to say that their returns are not going to be as good going forward as mm-hmm. they have been when I, since when I first saw them in 2014. Yes. Okay. But you're still holding it. Yes, correct. So I'm a long-term buy and hold investor. The only time I ever sell is when the company starts doing stupid stuff after I buy. Managers start doing So stupid maybe stuff. that's why you sold Altria when we talked about that in the other episode. It could be. Could be uh, why when I they started Altria. diversifying into the e-cigarettes and vaping, and well, I sold them probably ten years ago. So it might have been when they were diversifying, probably into what wines at that point was that wines, who they're actually divesting that company now. Okay. Um, but for them, yeah. So unless they start doing stupid stuff, unless I find something better, that's another one of my criteria. Unless their business just completely deteriorates. Those are the only times I really sell after I buy. So if you never really sell, I mean, how many stocks do you own today? In the portfolios I manage, I own six stocks only. I huh. owned eight to 12 before they've been bought out. They've been merged. I sold one because I made a mistake. Um, the other, there's one actually liquidating right now. To, it was a small company, like a $14 million company that is liquidating because was, of the was that Paradise? Yes, Paradise Inc. We, I think we talked about that in one, one of the other episodes as well. Interesting. Yeah, they're um, liquidating, unfortunately. Yeah. Why do you say unfortunately? 
that is a company i don't remember if this was part of our conversation in the other episode we know um, i don't think we ever talked about it publicly oh we never we've talked had, we've had conversations oh okay side side conversations yeah on it. so we've had side conversations about it unfortunately i sent a 25 page doc to the company probably four years ago or so mm-hmm. um trying to buy the company out because i saw that they were producing excess cash flows and that if we could get out of their fruitcake business, which is what they were in, again, another dying industry, we could take that excess cash flow. I think it was about $1.5 million and they were a $15 million company or so. So it's a significant amount of their um, worth. If we could take that and reinvest it into other assets, we could grow the company that way. They chose, well, they didn't respond to my letter at all. Um, and they chose the kids of the owner and the CEO chose instead of to continue running the company that their father built, who I think is like 89 or something like that now, they chose to sell the company and essentially cash out, which is fine. They can do whatever they want. They are owners of the company, but I saw potential there in to grow the company for the long term. Well, maybe their reasoning is if you just want to invest the cash, then liquidate the company, you can have the cash and then invest it how you want. True. But that means I lose as a shareholder. The portfolio is managed loses out as a shareholder. Yeah. Well, not necessarily, right? I mean, if you, well, as a shareholder, but if you're getting the cash, then the shareholders of the, right, the portfolios you manage will get that cash back and then you can now invest the cash how you want. Correct. Um, that is correct. However, with valuations being absurd, I haven't been able to redeploy that cash. So I only own, I think, six stocks right now. Okay, but then, but then the management might say to you, well, if the valuations are absurd, then what makes you think we could redeploy the cash? That is a fair concern. But back in 2017, 2018 timeframe valuations, they were high, but they weren't crazy high like they were right yeah. now. Got so it. that was my thinking. Now, what, they, they don't trade too much anymore, do they? No, they're actually in the process of liquidating right now. Um, I don't know if you're allowed to trade their shares at all, actually. I know that it still shows up in the portfolios they manage on the brokerage accounts, but I don't even know if you're allowed to trade. There was some kind of uh, date, if memory serves me right, that you could trade in and out of their shares. I mean, it looks like they still trade. and I mean, in August, there was a few trades. It's just not much. No, and even before, even when they we're not going through the liquidation. They had maybe a hundred shares trade every two months, something like that. They were very okay. liquid, very tiny company. So what else do they, ha- what else do they own still? What do they own now? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I know they were in the process. They're selling literally everything. They had it like eight by my, because I remember eight. last year they closed on the sale of their land and their buildings and they got yes. way less than we were expecting. Yes. They like a lot less. Yeah. Yeah. Which is frankly a little bit surprising because I don't live very far from them. Um, I live about 45 minute drive from them and the location, I mean, it's not the greatest, but land prices here are going up. So I was a little, I was frankly a little bit surprised um, at their prices that they got. As far as I know, they're still trying to sell off all of the operations, but they've gone in stages over the last, I think it's two year and a half, two years they've been doing this and they have not, been very forthcoming with the information on the process. I think I get a letter once every like nine months on an okay. update from what they're doing. Was the, was the last update that you got from the September of last year? Uh, I believe so. That was probably about the time frame. Yeah. 
Yeah, because that's when they announced they closed on the sale of their land buildings. Yeah, that was probably about the time frame about this. And that was the that was the ten dollar distribution. Yes, yes, correct. And then it's been radio silent since then. I can't believe it's been about a year. (laughs) Yes, so they've not been very forthcoming with what they are doing, but I do know they are say they're trying to sell stuff. Yeah, I mean the rate of return, honestly, if you invested it, I mean I know you were an investor beforehand, but I mean for people who are investing as a liquidation arbitrage play, the return has not been very good. No, no. For the reasons you talked about on the, specifically the land, that was their big, that was their big value play because right. in my estimation, they had about eight, $12 million, eight to $12 million worth of land. They did not get that. <laughs> no. What was the final price on that? It was, uh, uh, yeah. 5.1 million. Yeah. Yeah. So they did not get even close to what I was expecting. Again, that's frankly, I don't live far from them. That's very surprising me to this day. Unless um, they sold it to like a friend or something like that. Which frankly could be the case um, with these smaller, tiny companies. Every single person in the company was either related to the founder. It was, it was all, uh, yeah, it was all family. Or they were married to someone that was yeah. related to the founder. So that would frankly not surprise me much. Yeah. All right. Well, um, anything else before we uh, we we finish off? I talked about um, you know uh, BESIY, and we talked a little bit about Paradise. I mean, you haven't lost a lot of money if you invested it for the arbitrage. It's just not really been a just sort of been a type yeah. of capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair way to put it. You haven't lost money, but you haven't generate what you thought you were especially in this market did not really make much kind of sucks over the last uh, few years yeah exactly exactly uh but i don't think there's anything else that i think we covered every the both situations pretty well interesting all right man well if you find if you know i know you only own six stocks but if you find another interesting otc company please uh you know let me know about it once you're done buying awesome will do cool man all right well it was great to talk to you and uh, we'll talk soon all right thanks again eric you got it. Thank you for listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast with Eric Schlein. If you'd like to connect with Eric for questions, comments, feedback, ideas, or to inquire about being on the show, please contact Eric at intelligentinvesting at gmail.com. So in the words of Charlie Munger, I have nothing to add.